What's up, guys? We are the PR Girls, and this is our podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the PR Girls podcast. The episode is My Funny Valentine. I'm very excited. I have an old friend as a guest, comedian, radio host, man about town. Oh, I'm a bon vivant. Stephen Donovan. I'm wearing pajama pants. You'll just have to take my word for it. So (laughs) are you? When you reach the height of stardom like I have, you can just lounge around in your pajama pants. I'll show you if you want, if you don't believe me. Uh, It it will have, if you're listening without the benefit of the audio, this is um, a pattern involving astronauts with Santa hats. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Are you kidding me? That's a guy in space with an astronaut hat and a Santa hat. But here's my thing. Why do you think you're the only person that is wearing pajama pants? Name somebody who's gotten out of pajama pants. Uh, Governor Baker, number one. He doesn't own. He goes to bed in a suit. I feel bad uh, for Governor Baker. He's all business. And he's not actually a baker, by the way. He burns more things in the oven. It's it's a sham. The whole thing is a sham. And I don't stand for it. That's why I left. I, I went to Rhode Island. You Good left Rhode Island because of Governor Baker's inability to bake? Right. You know what it is? Do what you say you're going to do, Governor. <laughs> He doesn't bake anything. I call bullshit. Thank you. Oh, we can. T- oh, it's R-rated. Oh, the PR girls are a bunch of potty mouth vixens. I love it. Oh, this is good. Well, I'm very excited to, to talk to you today. And yes. We don't have a format necessarily, but you and I did brainstorm a little. So we do kind of know what we're going to talk about. We just don't have. Quantum physics. Definitely not. Hello. I'm here. Uh, I'm, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be a bigger fan of the Kimberly Ring uh, media empire. She's like the white Oprah Winfrey, and I love it. I'm here for it, and I love it. Thank you. Well, I uh, adore you, and so this is a good way to, like, we've known each other now for how the many years? autumn of 1995. We were both in the employment of uh, TGI Fridays. It was um, autumn. I started like in the summer, I thought, or maybe did you, were you part of the opening crew of TGI Fridays? I don't uh, remember. Now wait, because I graduated. Here's what happened. I graduated Syracuse 95 May. I attempted to drive cross country and become a stand-up comedian in LA with a friend who knew I'm always jealous of these people with certainty as to what they want and what they're going to do in their life. So he knew he wanted to be an agent. And so we're driving across country and uh, we leave Yosemite National Park and I hit a family of four from Seattle. And so that's going to get in the way because he was sleeping. It was his Acura Integra. And uh, that would damage your relationship if my driving damaged his Acura Integra. So the plan to stay with him, who is now seething with hate, uh, had to be changed. So I came back, worked for Pizzeria Uno, by Northgate and Revere for a time. I remember that. And then was in, yeah, so that fall was in at uh, Friday. So I don't think I opened it, but I was very, very early in. Yeah. So I was 19. You were somewhere along the 22, 23-year-old. 
22. I would have turned 22 that October. Yeah. So I I was freshly 22. I was 18 turning 19 that October. You had gotten double promoted. I don't know what that means. (laughs) We worked there. You were a server. That's true. Do you remember what buttons you had on your flare? Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's a good, good question, huh? That's a great question because, and I love the fact that that tradition of that restaurant was immediately ruined by Office Space, which is just gorgeous. The power At Tchotchkes. I had, shout out to Tchotchkes, I had a BPD, Boston Police Department pin from my dad's because my dad was a policeman. And I had that. And I think I had a um, four leaf clover thing because I'm an Irish fella. Okay. And... Um, I would I would just scrape by the minimal amount you could have and not be fired. I, I wasn't Johnny uh, Flair when it came to the. Are you actually referring to Johnny Sieverhoos or? No, oh, but, remember he was all about the Flair. He had it all. Johnny Sieverhoos cowboy had, hat. He was already six six, I think, and then he had a seven foot foam cowboy hat, and then he would he I love him. He would go into, now a restaurant, for those of you who have never worked in a restaurant, is chaos as soon as someone enters the building. People are running around, they're swearing, something's on fire, there's rodents, there there was no rodents, but it's chaos. So John Severhus would go in the middle of everyone like frantically panicked about where their chicken is. He would go to the ice machine and take out the ice scoop and then put it on his hand like he was Captain Hook and turn around and yell wicked loud, where's Peter Pan? And he would do it every time and every time I burst out laughing. There was no crew like that crew. That was honestly like, I think back to that and it was the funniest, most entertaining, fun job I've ever had. And, And TGI Fridays, really trained me to be, I was a phenomenal server. I was a phenomenal bartender. Everything they did right. was dead on. I am of a firm conviction that every citizen of the United States should work as a waiter or waitress at some point in their life because the skills you acquire in problem solving, getting along with every walk of life there is, will serve you the whole rest of your life. Yeah, you learn so many things. Like I still to this day remember but you know, bar stools should be facing the door. You know what I mean? Because they're welcoming. It makes yeah. people want to sit there. I became a lesbian matchmaker. Wasn't before then, but for some reason, I always had a high number of lesbians in my uh, tables among my patients, uh, our customers. And then I had a way of talking with them that they thought, you know what? Maybe this gentleman knows other lesbians that would like romance. And I did. And it was triumphant. Why didn't you? continue along that career there would that would there would have been a real niche back then back in the mid 90s well people were still reeling with the discovery that ricky martin was a member of the homosexual community and so they didn't know how to process that so i thought let's let america process this and then we'll we won't force it on anybody and then you forgot that you had that talent and then i forgot yeah like any talent if you don't exercise it you lose it Right. Well, yeah. as you know, there's always we're in a pandemic. People need love. Maybe you should go back That's into true. matchmaking. I'm actually a great matchmaker too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that's true. 
Oh, are you kidding? I have, do you remember a girl named Alyssa that worked at TGI Fridays with us? She worked the door at me. She had black yes. curly hair. I took her to Seton Hall with me. We went to visit my old college. I introduced her to my friend, Derek. They've mm -hmm. been together for like 20 years now. My- I rest my case. I went to grad school. One of the girls I was friends with in grad school was this girl right. named Kate. I set yep. her up with my, my cousin, Brian. They're married. They have two kids. A point of question for Kim Ring. Yeah. Was this intentionally so that that would happen? Or you're just like, hey, this is somebody. Oh, yeah, that's somebody. And then- No, I set them both up on purpose. On both purpose for that to happen. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, then, then I take back. I'll give you a verbal or written apology. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm sorry for doubting. But, but that being said, Fridays oh. was the horniest place I think I've ever worked. Oh, my love was in the air. There was pot stickers in the air and a Szechuan uh, smell and romance was in the air. No question about it. And butter from the garlic breadsticks. Oh, I mean, you put that together and <laughs> that's the biggest aphrodisiac known to science. It really was, though. I mean, everybody was hooking up. Everybody was like it was like a it was like a meat market there. It was like a happening place. You know it's a solid meat market when even vegetarians are getting down for the meat market because they're ready. They're ready to go. It's a true story, but not a lot of people know this. And, and you know, I don't want to, you know, you are in a very happy relationship. I'm married. I'm extremely happy. But there was a time. There may or may not have been sparks between us. We went on a date. Actually, that was the reason why I agreed to participate. Uh, I've been uh, I've been holding a candle for 25 years, and uh, it's burnt down and, and burnt my fingers. Uh, but yeah, no, we totally did, and it um, went as long as it was supposed to go. Yeah, and uh, two people can uh, can do that and still maintain a, a connection on some level. We're grown ups. We're mature people. Well, we, I don't think we were, and we weren't, we've realized we weren't that attracted to each other. I've done some Googling and <laughs> uh, apparently I'm not attractive. So that I is can't. not true. That's categorically untrue. We just were very young. That's true. You haven't found it? ourselves yet. I was, here's the deal. I can say it now for truth because enough time has passed and your husband is out in the driveway. <laughs> um, I was filled with love and excitement and passion for the Ford Mustang II I had just purchased. And that kind of dominated all my thinking. I would drive around to Vermont for no reason. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, didn't we have a date? I'm like, this thing has bucket seats. <laughs> and you're like, I, I gotta go. We drove down Starter Drive. We did drive down Starter Drive. Yeah. And my we... favorite view of the city. Exactly, yeah. It was very mm -hmm. romantic. Well, not romantic enough, but uh, apparently just romantic enough. <laughs> well, you know what? It wouldn't have worked out anyways, because then I'm, I, you moved right at one point. Cause I remember having a going away party for you. Oh, I did, did have a move? going away party. I went to New York city in, in 96 May and you and I started after I had a romantic uh, a connection with Laura Wilson. Do you remember Laura K. Wilson? She, oh. um, she had gone back. She worked over Christmas break because she was still a student at um, Wake Forest. And so 
I went down because I was teaching during the day. I was a, I was a, a Spanish teacher in the uh, school system of Saugus, Massachusetts. You were? Yes. I taught three classes of seventh graders and three classes of eighth graders. You, this is, I'm never going to lie to Kim Ring. My father passes away and my mother decides, this was five years ago. My mother decides I'm going to go through the basement and clear out some stuff. That's a healthy thing to do. She finds the briefcase that I had used when I taught at Belmonte Middle School in Saugus, 95, 96 school year. She says, would you like the, the briefcase? I'm like, of course, because she'll throw away everything. She threw away my brother one time. She doesn't care. Get out of the house. So I go to get the briefcase. Inside was a collection of tests and quizzes still hadn't been graded. <laughs> so there was a solid 40% part of my brain that thought I could go on Facebook and find these people who maybe now are 29, 30 years old. Was and one of them Jerry Carabas? Please tell me one of them was Jerry Carabas from Barstool Sports. I'll look. I still have the papers. Oh, you haven't somewhere. done it yet? I thought you have actually already gone, gone ahead and did this. I thought it would be a great idea. And everybody else said, that is a terrible, terrible idea. And you might get arrested and or sued or on some watch list. Like you can't just be Johnny Creeptown and be like, hey, I have your uh, Spanish report from 20 <laughs> years ago. Want to see it? Love that. Like, <laughs> but I still have it. So maybe. I would love to, like, I would love for somebody to be like. Who's your favorite eighth grade teacher? Eighth grade teacher? Yeah. Seventh or eighth. Your favorite teacher from seventh or eighth grade. Kim Ring, go. I don't, I honestly don't remember seventh or eighth grade. I can tell you my favorite high school teacher was in fact my Spanish teacher. So if, if a teacher from seventh or eighth grade who <laughs> has been blocked from your memory on every level, all of a sudden shows up looking to connect to hand you a report. I'd do it. I, I would. I love it. All right. I'm going to look. I, know, I love uh, stuff like that. I love when people find me or, right. well, that oh. sounded, maybe not everybody, but like, I if love- If you've been abducted, you love them to find you. <laughs> Law enforcement, hostage rescue teams, that kind no, of thing. Like I've had, I've had people from Florida State that I met like the first year that I was there, like find me on Facebook and reach out. And I've gotten like letters and stuff like that. Oh my God. I, I am right there with you. I love it. The more the merrier. But yeah, for I some reason I let when when that when I'm on the receiving end, when I'm on the searching out end, I, I tend to ask other people and other people are like, yeah, don't do that. I'm like, all right, fine. I won't do we it. did just, however, go from the original topic all the way around because some reason you were talking about Laura K. Wilson. And all that. right. So so here's the so here's good good pickup on your part. So she, I go down to see her and she had said that she was uh, going to graduate in the in the uh, spring. And so now we're a thing. We're romantic. I hold her hand and other things. And so I'm like, oh. What else right. did you hold her bag? Uh, I held her bag. Her coat? <laughs> from uh, what she wanted to do. So I, I was hearing her say, I'm going to join the Peace Corps. I'm going to do Teach for America. I'm going to help save the world. Like she was a do-gooder. She was doing good. And I'm, it was exciting. And, but I didn't hear myself in any of these, you know what oh, I mean? I'm like, yeah. huh, like we've been dating since 
the summertime and then she went away to college and we kept in touch. And then when she came back over Christmas break, we had some uh, romantic uh, glandular activity and then she went back and now I'm like, Oh, so I guess, uh, I guess we're all done. I guess I'm not gonna work out. Not knowing that she was going to tailor whatever she was going to do to what I was going to do. Because again, I was going to move to New York and there's plenty of uh, like charitable type things that d- happen in New York. So she totally could have done that. So I was thinking, oh, so we're not, we're not going to do anything. All right. Well then I guess I can make out with this hottie that I work with. Uh, you know, I was the other woman. Yeah. Yeah. You're the other woman. And she's, and so I being an Irish Catholic told her everything because I was racked with guilt. And she's like, well, and this was, this is kind of odd. She's like, well, I believe that, um, that you cheated and uh, once a cheater, always a cheater. And so then I'm like 22 and I'm like, wait a minute for the next 70 years, I'm always going to cheat. <laughs> Holy shit. Like that's terrible. That's terrible news. I'm never going to have a viable romantic relationship in my life. Cause this lady just said so. Oh, that is, that's a fine. How do you do? Oh, I felt terrible. Do you think that I maybe ruined your life because I ended like the relationship with the the do-gooder? Like, no, my poor decision making ruined my life. I mean, you were just uh, you were just a passerby. I was just one of the poor decisions. (laughs) No, the poor decision to not actually ask her what the actual plans might be for the future. Yeah. And then the poor decision to, you know, Tell her. decide to not have any communication about what it is I was thinking or considering doing. You shouldn't have even said a word. Oh, no, I totally shouldn't have. No, I, uh, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> that's I think true. that's the takeaway. That's not you true. So, so Laura K. Wilson didn't work at Fridays with us. No, she did. She worked, she worked at Michelin Road and then worked at the Fridays in Danvers when uh, she came, came back over Christmas break. How, yep. Why didn't she want to fight me? She had heard stories and thought, ooh, I don't want to get home. That's understandable. Well, I'm, and one of the reasons that people back then didn't want to mess with me is because I was friends with Sue and Sue was like super tough. No joke, Sue. Yeah. No joke. She I don't like, think I made eye contact with Sue the whole time. She's like, what's wrong with this kid? You weren't there one day. She threw a baked potato through the window in the kitchen because the, the chefs were giving her a hard time. She just grabbed it and she hucked it right at him. I'll never forget it. See, so I think, I think that people weren't going to mess with me out of fear for Sue. You don't want potatoes hucked at you. Especially for the physical pain, but then as an Irishman, the emotional pain of seeing that much disrespect shown to a potato, it's more than I could handle. So I'm glad I missed out. Well, I'm sorry that I, but I ruined, but, but we did remain really good friends. It's now been a quarter century. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I have, I have no regrets and less short-term memory. So that's fine. It's totally, totally fine. I'm I and I'm glad that I brought you on for this episode of My Funny Valentine not to talk about this the brief overlap that we oh, had. It was 45 minutes of passion. It was not even like was it 45 minutes? No. Well, the drive from oh, right. to <laughs> the side of the road and then back again, yeah. Yeah. I think we like I think we smooched for a second, but it was like a second. You actually had a stopwatch, which I thought was <laughs> odd. 
but you had a limit and weren't going past that limit. I was like, all right, well, fine. So you, you, you've found romance since, but since the theme is kind of technically Valentine's Day, tell me about your worst date ever. Because oh, The worst Valentine ever? You'll like it. Anything. Worst date, worst Valentine's. Anything. I was always under the impression that romance is a surprise. So I'm now in New York City. Not right now. I'm, I'm in Rhode Island. But as the story starts, I'm in New York City and I'm romantically linked to Alex. And uh, she and I had a passionate, passionate affair. Um, I thought she was the one. Really? Oh. Well, she thought I thought she was the one. And I just was uh, overcome with uh, gratitude for the nudity. You know, I wasn't <laughs> thinking much past that. So I thought, all right, Valentine's Day is coming. This is big. This is a big deal. So I want to not drop the ball. So I got, she lived in Brooklyn. We would do stand up uh, together uh, in the clubs on Manhattan. We would traipse all around the clubs and then take the train or, or a, a cab back to Manhattan, to uh, Brooklyn where she lived. So I am, uh, at some point, she's working in the city. And so I get some roses. And like they do in Coming to America, I pull the petals to go down the block, up the streets of her brownstone, thinking she, when we come home, she's going to see this home run. And there was, you know, a card, uh, a Whitman sampler, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, so I think... I, this needs to be a surprise for it to be officially romantic because that's how the movies have taught us to, to be. Yeah. I say nothing. So all day, it's Valentine's Day. She's hearing nothing from her knucklehead boyfriend. So she thinks this son of a bitch, he hasn't done anything. So she's getting increasingly upset as the day passes. And I am just, you know, stay on target. I'm trying to hold it. And then which just makes her even more upset. So we have a massive fight. <laughs> Apparently, leading up to that day, there was any number of issues that were being swept under the rug that then she decides, this is the time we need to talk about your, you know, whatever it might be. And so finally I snap and am defensive because she's been yelling at me and um, want to, uh, I'm angered at myself because clearly I've kind of messed it up. And so I'm like, well, you'll just see when you get home, won't you? She's like, what? Happy Valentine's Day. And I stormed off. Did you guys break up after that? Or did you go Oh, back? many times. Many, many times. There weren't cell phones back then. So when you stormed away and she finally got the card, the Whitman sampler and all the roses, there right. wasn't like she could text you, sorry. No, she had to write in her diary in hopes maybe I would come back again after the harvest was in. It was a it was a different time. But did wait, how long did it take for you guys to make up? Um, that that day because oh, she okay. she said uh, please come back. Um, I'm sorry, you weren't the unthinking Claude that I thought you were. And so I jumped in the cab and came back uh, to where she was because I knew there'd be a sleepover. You know. So it was the worst Valentine's Day that turned into a positive Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't know that it was a positive, but it wasn't negative anymore when it had been very loud negative. Yeah. So that was nice. That was a refreshing change. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. What are you doing for Valentine's Day this year? Because it's a couple of weeks away. So far, I've made zero plans. 
Yeah. And um, the woman I share this home with and uh, and my heart, uh, we've been together for 15 years. It's a long time. And so at that point, romance takes a different uh, angle. Especially during a pandemic. Especially during a pandemic. So before the pandemic, I think the most romantic thing we had done was went to see John Wick 2. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of romance there, but it was, you know, we were in our target heart rate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that, that doesn't seem, are, are you, uh, we, we've, we've known about uh, your man fella and he graciously agreed to go uh, out in the backyard. Is there still a deep well of romance there? Yeah, he, you know, I will oh, say. Gee, that was an awkward, like, yeah. Well, no, I, it, he's, but it, it's, he's always like that. Though. Do you make out for at least 20 minutes a day? No. Uh-huh. Who's been together for 10, over 10 years? Because we've also yeah. been together for 10 years. Who's been together over 10 years and makes out for 20? First of all, who? I don't remember the last time we made out for 20 minutes. You- well, see, that's, you got to call him and say like, um, yeah, just going over. The mail came and uh, we got uh, some of our W-2s in um, and uh, we could, let's do that. And then uh, if we can make out for 20 minutes, that'd be great. Just to see what he says. You know what I mean? Like sneak it in. I Have think. you ever met my husband? Like he would be all for it. He follows me around the house. Like he corners me. He's got a bad case of the Kim rings. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> of course. And he's seen like it, you know, it, it's all fun and games, but like he's seen me at my worst. Then it isn't all fun and games. <laughs> you know what I've found as a man? Cause I'm a man. I've been a man for years. <laughs> there's far more focus put on getting the girl than there is on keeping the girl. Oh, that's true. I mean, how well, the heck? Ha- Cause then it is a game and that's fun. And that's a man thing. That's a man. Like that is, you know, they say like the sexes are very different. Men love it. They right. love it. We used to, you know, men were the type that like when we were younger, like you would date or whatever. And they would treat you like shit. And then the minute you moved on, men would be like, oh, hey, they would like perp- that they couldn't take. Right. Women, I've found some so men grow up uh, first. They're boys. I don't know. Maybe you should get a pen. Uh, first, they're boys. And they think when I'm when I'm with a uh, when I'm with a woman, when I have a girlfriend, there'll be sex all the time. Yeah. And then girls turn into women and like, I can't wait to be in a relationship so I never have to have sex again. That's, That's true. Fantastic. That's oh, true. it's a it's a cruel joke. It's terrible. It's life. it's life. What do you want? I want sweet lovemaking. And uh, apparently that ship has sailed. I mean, I don't know what That's to say terrible. to that. That's look, it's a joke, Kim Ring. It's a joke. But it is. I'm not lying, though. Do you think no, I'm that's, lying? No, it's very much true. Very much true. Right. Like, right. we don't want to do that. That's why we get married. Women are, un- I think, an attractive woman, empirically. If you ask anybody alive. If I attract- ask any attractive women, you no. should do this, Kim. Try it. Ask an attractive woman. No, this is, the, this. I'm addressing everyone that's watching right now. Jeez, <laughs> Louise, you're attractive already. The attractiveness of an attractive woman is greater than the attractiveness of an attractive guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I, I don't. We, we. I don't know. Well, this all at this their peak. Be- at their peak. 
Yeah, but you know what it is? Like naked women are pretty, naked men are not. Naked <laughs> men get pointed at and laughed at. Like, oh, what what happened to that thing? Holy mackerel. But then a naked woman is a statue. They make statues. What was the last statue you saw with a guy's naughty bits just mm-hmm. like, oh, there's oh, kids here. At Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. All right, fine. But my girlfriend, and I don't know what this is about the subtext of our relationship, she will watch and point out when men aren't nude. She's like, yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones. The women are all nude. Where are the men that are nude? There's no men. I might see an ass cheek. One, right. uh, one ass cheek. So, so I, in the hopes of uh, balancing the scales, uh, will walk around the house nude. And she's like, I'm leaving you. This is an outrage. So it's mixed signals. That's what it is. <laughs> this is true. You know what I, along those lines, you know what I, like, I can't, and I doubt you do it because you don't strike me as the type, but like, I don't get. I don't strike anyone, by the way. I'm a man <laughs> of peace. Okay. I don't get dick pics. Like, I don't understand what guy thinks a girl wants like, an unsolicited dick pic. How little mastery of the English language do you have where the best thing you can present to woo someone is, here's my junk. Here's what it looks like. And then like, they don't even, they don't even make the effort to go on some kind of filter to put like a top hat or a monocle, like nothing, like spruce it up. Come on. I mean, that is, I don't think I've ever taken a picture of any part of me and sent it to a woman. I don't believe that at all. I've, ne- I've never, I've never taken a dick pic and sent it to, her. I've never, never done that. <laughs> well, I think I... we just uncovered your Valentine's Day gift. Oh, wait, it says this is a scratch and sniff card. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that would, I'd need to get her two Whitman samples. You really should though, make her a dick pic card, but have your dick pic have yeah. a top hat and a monocle like the Monopoly guy. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, no, he had a name. I think he has a name. Somebody write in to Kim Ring and tell us the name of the guy because he'll have, he'll have, so it'll be, it'll be a man's, uh, this is the most time I've ever spent talking about my own penis, but it'll have a top hat, a monocle, a pinstripe suit. It'll have one of those, like I think the penguin had it on the old uh, Batman TV show. A long like a, cigarette. A cigarette holder with a cigarette. You know what I mean? Yeah. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Let's get to business. I don't know why yeah. my penis would sound like that, but yeah, I think that's the clearest way I could say <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving before you're leaving because I know I can see the writing on the wall. So the dick picks out for Valentine's Day. Well, I mean, <laughs> here's why that's here's why that's bad. That's why that's a Pandora's box because then it's, you know, President's Day. Oh, look at Millard Fillmore. And it's a, you know, it's just, you know, St. Patrick's Day. And there's a, these are magically delicious. No, they're not. You know what I mean? It just Easter. Then you got Easter for Catholics. Put away that rabbit. I got a new one. (laughs) Oh my God. It'd be terrible. (laughs) May Day. Yeah. Flag day, you start oh. pulling them out for any any holiday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it actually would make dick pics better if they did, if Put they some were able- into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what percentage of women that are in your life have been on the receiving end of a picture of some man's nuttiness? All of us. Every woman has gotten an unsolicited dick pic at some point. And is it from 
is it from Jared Leto? Is it from? Yeah, uh, I get dick pics from Jared Leto. Mitch McConnell, or is it from? Who who's oh. it from? Is it from someone whose uh, dick you've already seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't get on not now, but like when you're dating, every guy thinks that you want like a picture of him. It's How a- great would it be? Here's here's the only way the dick pic is gonna go. <laughs> if you go to, I remember they used to have this at Sears and you would have a picture taken where one of them you're looking straight on and then the other one you're looking off into space. <laughs> but both of them would be your penis. Right. And then it's like, oh, look, it's the end of the school year and you can get a wallet size or an eight by 10 or, you know. <laughs> not to no, not to get off of dicks, but. <laughs> no, why would we? Those <laughs> I love the idea that a week ago, Kimberly was like, yeah, if you want, we can come on up podcast and we can talk about, you know, stuff. And had she said, yeah, if you have uh, some free time on Thursday, uh, I'd love to spend 38 minutes talking about your genitals. Uh, if you're free. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm getting off your genitals now. <laughs> you know, those pictures- the annulment papers are being written in the next room. <laughs> this harlot, I could, I knew it was going to happen. It's way past the moment time, and we're not 100% sure that we're legally married, but that's a podcast for a oh, whole other really? time. We got married in Barbados. We're not even sure if it's legal. We can't. We're not sure. Should we call someone in Barbados? No. no. To do what? Just to, to make things right. It's right. It's fine. But anyways, okay. getting back to the my joke. Right. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a comedian on your podcast. Those well, pictures, right, where your face would be like, you know, like, looking off to the side yeah maybe lasers yeah. right uh, mine was just i have one from like third or fourth grade and my hair's black like when i was young my hair was like real real dark right so um, the face looking is actually dark right now Kim. <laughs> sorry but it was like bl- like jet black right so goth kim third yeah. or fourth grade picture and i'll find it and maybe i'll i'll like send it to you all you don't tease me is my face like the, no. the outline of my face, you don't see hair, anything. So it just looks like this floating like, face. And I was chunky back then. So it's just like this fat face, like just floating in the background. Kimmy fat face made an appearance in 1988. Oh, that's a sad tale. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it. Cause it was like, you were, my hair didn't show up. It was like a weird looking picture. Right. I hated those. I hate, I go back to my senior picture. I hate those too. I love the idea that you can go to, picture day and you would line up and there was a box of combs at the top of the line (laughs) and you know what someone might have used it hey this one's warm don't worry about it just comb your hair and you're gonna look gorgeous no i don't don't why did they make you do school pictures i think in the preparation for the inevitable kidnappings (laughs) We need something because the families aren't taking pictures of kids because they're just exhausted. So they're like, we need some government endorsed pictures just to have, just in case something happens. (laughs) I think everybody at some point in their life when they're in their forties should go back and look at every single one of their school pictures for a laugh. Oh, I can, I can pull mine if you want. Nah, it's good. I'm all right. You can send them to me after it's a podcast 
If I strip the audio, they're not going to see the pain. Unless you have one like right there. It's theater of the mind, Kim. It would, they would be like, wow, I wonder what the pain. She sounded like she reacted to that one. I wonder. You have one is. handy? No, fine. It's in the uh, closet. It would take yeah. probably 42 seconds to find it. Fine. I don't have that kind of time. No. I, well, I respect that. You're a woman who wears a lot of hats. <laughs> Professor, wife, daughter, uh, ombudswoman. It's impressive. What's that? What does that mean? You're the per an ombudsman or an ombudswoman is someone who apologizes on behalf of like a newspaper or TV station that makes oh, a mistake. Yeah. Like, I, I want to register a complaint and they have one person and that's their job. Uh, yes. What seems to be the matter? I hate everything. Oh, well, I'm sorry that you hate everything. Oh yeah. And then that's their job. I that's like to think job. that I'm good at that though. I, that's like, you know, diffusing I, things. I'm a connector. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I'm a connector. I'm very good at connecting people. Like I've gotten so good at figuring out in my right. classes how, what what groups I can build based on like the, the students' personalities that's going to make it a successful team. Now, yeah. more than ever before, I feel like there's stories of inappropriate romantic behavior between teachers and students. I don't, I don't have that, but I do have a good story, but I don't have that. Are any of these kids getting fresh? So not really, but I did have one kid, right? Yeah. He, and he, I love him dearly. He was just such a good kid, but he handed me his midterm. I'll never forget it. Like I can remember it clear as day. Mm -hmm. He didn't like speak up a lot in class. And like, I used to always like call him out on being like, oh, you're, cause he was like too cool. Like he was too cool to like speak. Get over yourself. Yeah. Bruce. You know what I mean? Right. What and, was the name? Ed? And honestly, this will probably publish and then I'll probably get a message from him. He's like, Professor, I wasn't hitting on you. But when he handed me his midterm, he came hey, up, right? Doing? And yeah. when every, kind of, every time a kid hands me their midterm, I'm like, how'd you do? Like, I get all excited. Like, did you good? Did you feel good about it? He handed me his midterm and he, I go, how'd you do? Like, did you, do you feel good about it? And he handed it to me and he goes, got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> All right. It wasn't that good, but it was fine. It was perfectly. Fine. But I, but I would have been upset if I didn't have at least one story. Fair. That's fair. Like I taught seventh and eighth grade kids, no stories. And I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, about no, stories. you don't want those stories. Not at all. Please. I'm talking about 22 year old kids. Like if at least one of them didn't try, like, right. How does your attractiveness compare with other members of the faculty? We're a very good looking staff. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Because right. I mean, so, you, you don't want to be the caboose on that train, you know? No, we are all good looking, all very intelligent, smart people. Nice. And yeah. do you get together and, and talk about education and the future of the country or anything? So we do now. I flew under the radar for so long where I was like, you know what? Because I didn't want to get fired and my teaching methods and I'm so like over the top and stuff that I was like, I'm better off kind of flying under the radar. But then- Students started like talking about me more and the faculty started reaching out more. So now you're I a big do, deal now. You're a big I deal. get involved in like the class zooms and all of that. So I do. That's wonderful. I, These I, kids I, are paying 750 grand a semester. They need to get their money's worth. I agree. That's exactly right. how I look at it. That's exactly how I look. At it. But anyways, we've gone away from the Valentine's <sighs> day 
topic, which is fine. Valentine's, please. Not really. We really don't. That the theme is just my funny Valentine because it was close to Valentine's Day. You're, you're wearing quite, red, and you're quite funny. Thank you. You're welcome. That reminds me. Are, what are you doing? Any comedy these days? Like some Zoom shows. You are. Yeah, it's not as much fun. So tell me about what you're doing because I I know that you're on Light 105 in Rhode Island. In yes. fact. You're one of the people that saw me. I brought Conor McGregor to your little town. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And um, for whatever reason, you didn't want him to be on my show. I was like, that's kind of a douche move. I don't know that he is light 105 material. Of course he isn't. (laughs) No, that would have been terrible. Um, I mean, it would have been good for you guys because you would have gotten the numbers, but. And I uh, can work on my hook, you know what I mean, my jab. Um, I am the, uh, so I've I've been doing stand-up comedy since 98. I've been doing radio professionally since um, 03. And uh, a couple of podcasts that I've uh, started up in the hopes of becoming. uh, A podcast sensation. Tell me about the podcasts. So uh, enjoyri.com is where you can find my kind of state. And basically we're trapped in our houses. This pandemic yeah. is terrible. I don't know. It's I don't know where the good side is, but um, we can't go anywhere. So I figured, hey, let's stay in Rhode Island where I live. And there's an episode for each uh, city or town. There's 39 in the state. And so we've gone through our next one will be our eighth town. And basically, why go there? What's cool there? How did it come to be? Any famous people? Uh, good places to get chicken. You know, the important yeah. information. Yeah. And that's cool. How long and have you been doing that? That is um, since October. Okay. So, And then once the pandemic started on my Facebook page, I decided to do a- The a pandemic social... started on your Facebook page? That's where it all originated? I thought it was- If the CDC finds out, I'm going to be in big trouble. Uh, how dare you? So I decided lost in the- So there's a lot of information out there. We need information about the end of the world. Uh, we need information about what uh, politicians is setting the uh, planet on fire or who is uh, angry at who. Fine. That's all fine and important. Fine. But there needs to be an appreciation for bullshit, for yeah. just shooting the shit about stuff that doesn't matter. And if we're all if we're all like in the matrix, you know what I mean? In individual pods and there's no interaction. So let's hang out. So from... From March to October, it was every night of the week. And I'm on Facebook Live and it's a social distance show. And we talk about stuff. Mondays is Mad Libs Monday. Friday is a drinking game. And uh, it's just social. It's just socializing for socialness sake. And then uh, I, I, I got into an accident in October and got a concussion. So since then, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. At Live from Warwick on Facebook. Okay. Social distance show. All right, so so they can listen to your podcast on on enjoy ri.com ri.com or they can tune into your Facebook page right to find you on Facebook first. They can go right to at live from Warwick. Oh, okay, okay. So at uh, live from Warwick is the socially distant show. Yes. Enjoy enjoy ri is the podcast. I agree. Light (laughs) light one oh five. Every morning, Jen- yeah, five thirty to ten. It's a nice, uh, refreshing break from uh, the apocalypse. 
I can only imagine that it is. Thank you. Well, I think we've, we've covered, I mean, this has been the quickest 15 minutes of my career. I think this was definitely not 15 minutes. <laughs> she told me it would be 15 minutes. <laughs> this was your fault. You've been, you've gone. I knew if I got you on a microphone, yeah. it would go well, well, very well. It's fun to make you laugh. I'm not going to apologize for that. Damn it. Me in particular, people in general, both. Because if I'm on the radio and I say something funny and people laugh, I have no idea. How the hell do I know? So now laughing. I'm saying I'm saying funny things and you're laughing immediately. There's no better drug sold on any street corner in America. Okay. Well, clearly you don't do drugs because there's some good ones out there. There are children watching this. How dare you? All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate everything you oh, done. I'm couldn't sorry be a bigger about fan. ruining your relationship in 96 with Laurie K. Wilson. I'll let you go. Enjoy Happy Valentine's it. Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I hope How about it that? turns out better than you imagined and better than that one in Brooklyn. Oh, that was a sad one. Yeah. I'm wishing you nothing but health, happiness. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Enjoy ri.com for the podcast. Yes. Live, from, live Warwick. from Warwick. Yep. And Facebook. And 105 Light FM, Jen and Steve in the morning. Heather and Steve in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Great. Now I have another Heather that hates me. We have to do this all over now. <laughs> At first, I piss off Laurie Wilson, and now I'm going to piss off Heather from the, the Laura K. Wilson is somewhere in the D.C. area, and she has a voodoo doll with your face on it. <laughs> Wouldn't be the only person. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a wonderful Thursday. Please don't be a stranger. I can't make any promises.